Carolina, and this recording is from one of our church services. For more information, visit our website at churchofphiladelphia.com. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the message. Let's go to Exodus chapter 3. We're going to go to verse 1. Uh, we're going to read verses 1 through 5. Amen? Amen. So in Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, it says, Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, and the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I. And he said, draw not, draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Amen. So, you know, one of the things that we, as we begin to really talk about this, these two collisions or this, this mashing up that some of us have really been dealing with the whole time we've been walking in God. And whether you're a man or woman, it is the call, the call of God call of God, when you are called out of that place of obscurity or out of that place of, you know, just, just trying to live your life, and just trying to, you know, make it and, you know, maybe just trying to figure some things out. If we, if we pick up Moses here in this story, he has now come from, we have to see, you know, kind of just talking about his whole story. This is, his name is to be one that is drawn out of water, right? Because he was, he was saved by being put in the water and he was actually raised by the Egyptians. He was raised in the palace. So we understand Moses was not the typical Israelite or the typical Jewish uh, person, but he had some, uh, sorry, he had some, he had some, you know, uh, you know, connections to uh, his people. And we see that kind of coming alive in him in chapter two, as he sees some of his people being done wrong, because during this time, the Israelites, they were in slavery, which was foretold to their forefather, uh, Abraham, that they were going to be in slavery for years. And this was this is what was going on, but he was going to raise someone up. Little did Moses know he was that someone. You know, and with that someone that that being in him, the glimmer of that thing, it came out by him rising up. The Bible he says he looked to his right and to his left when one of these Egyptians was kind of treating one of the Israelites really, really harsh and, and you know, really coming against him. He didn't like it. So he looked to the left, looked to the right, and then he slew him and he murdered him and covered him up in the sand. You know, uh, he, he kind of delivered that Israelite, you know. And, it was a little picture of who he really was, but it wasn't in the right context. But, you know, if we, as the men of God, as women of God, when you look back into your life and look back into when before you got saved, you can see little glimmers of even some of the things that God now has called you to do right now. You know, the things that God has challenged you to do right now. You know, those things, they came up 
in, even when we were in the world, but when they came up, they didn't come out the right way, you know? For some of us, you might have been like a, you know, you, you like talking to people, you're like an evangelist, you know, it's easy for you to persuade people, but for most of us, you know, that were like that, hey, you were great, you was a great manipulator, you know? You was able to persuade people to do what you wanted them to do, no matter if they didn't want to do it, if they didn't agree with it, talk to you long enough, and they was gonna agree with you. Can I get any men to tell me the truth about that, right? You know, cause there's some men that was, hey, I can persuade a woman to do what I want them to do. Just give me a little bit of time, you know? Uh, and, but now God is saying, now I want you to use your mouth to now not persuade people out of their panties or people to the bed or people to go do some drugs or people to go to the party, but, you know, it, it, not persuade them to do that, but now persuade them to now come to God, now understand who God is. Amen. So when we see, when we're picking up Moses here, after he kills this Egyptian, he kind of flees. And he leaves, you know, and uh, because he's not, you know, he's kind of like a fugitive. You know, he committed a crime. And after committing this crime, you know, now he's with his father-in-law, right? Uh, his father-in-law, because now, you know, he's married. Now he's been gone for 40 years. We're picking up Moses. He's like 80 years old. And now, you know, he's been on the backside of the desert uh, getting prepared, kind of really having to face himself. And now God begins to now show up to call him. God comes looking for him. And I want to let you know, even the men of God that may be listening, I want to, and I, I'm probably going to implore some of your help, women of God, just to speak to them as I speak to them because I can't see them. You know what I'm saying? But uh, if you could just speak to them, I don't care if it's your husband, your son, I don't care how old they are, how young they are. It, it doesn't matter because you're talking to whether it's a young man, I don't care if they're three years old, there's a man that's, that, 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 that is being developed out of this person, or there's, whether it's a grown man. It's he's a man but there's some things that as men of God as we collide with this call when we deal with this thing sometimes the things that we deal with and when we get mashed up with this call begins to cause us to not understand what's happening in our lives and you know little do you know sometimes it is the women of God in our lives that begin to speak life to us begin to speak us past those limitations in our life and challenge us and push us past where we want to be and where we was settled to stay, right? Because sometimes we don't want to answer the call. We don't like the call of God on, on our lives because the call means responsibility. And, you know, the thing, if you really go back to the fall, and, and, and I'm, you know, we're not going to go back to Genesis, but the first thing that, that, that we see Adam really losing was his sense of responsibility. Think about it. God, you gave me that one. God, what... Where, where are you, Adam? You're out of place. You're not responsible. You're not being responsible. Why? Because now fear has entered in. Perversion has entered in. You know you've done some things wrong. Not you know, because you don't feel like now you can go and do those things that you used to do because of the inward struggles now that have sprung up because of the sin that has not entered in when we're talking about Adam. So as we are the seed in a sense of Adam, as we've gone through and now have become uh, come from that line of Adam, we deal with that same sin. And, and it's an epidemic. It's a 
that, if we really look at it, that could be a sickness. A pandemic that's been going on for decades is the is the man not being in place, right? The man being attacked and being pulled out of the home. The man being, you know, not being where they where they need to be and not stepping up. And I'm one of those men. I'm one of those men. I'm one of those men. I'm not coming to throw no stones this morning. I'm one of those men. God been dealing with me more and more and more. And there's more things that he just, I, I know I need more from you. And I'm like, God, hold on, hold on, hold, please. No, pump the brakes a little bit. Like I, 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 I'm trying to get myself together to do this, but you need to tell a man, you need to tell a young man, a little boy and let him know you can do this. You know, you can, you are going to fulfill the call of God. You are going to fulfill that which is upon your life. You are enough to be able to do it. You will be able to be successful because sometimes we need to hear those things. Unfortunately, you know, when we look at Moses and, and, and it's not talked about as much because we see him now, he was kind of almost like an orphan adopted into a different family with the, fa with, with the father, in a sense, really being his pharaoh and the father figure that's around him and what a father figure to have. I don't think there was too many kind words or too many, you know, just building up of Moses and stuff like that, you know. He was just there because the woman that wanted him, the mother that now adopted him into and wanted to take care of him, who found him, who wanted to take care of him. That, that's why he was there. That's why he was there. But now he didn't have that father, father figure. So some of us, even if we had a father figure, even if we had the father present, some words have not been spoken to us, unfortunately. Some things have not been released to us. I grew up with my father, but there's some things that were not released until I met Apostle, until I met another father figure in my life. I had two granddaddies on both sides. You know what I'm saying? I had one on each side. And, but there were some things that they just did not know how to release. They didn't know it needed to be released because it was never said to them. You know, things that, you know, not saying I was torn down, nothing like that. Uh, you know, I was encouraged and stuff like that, but knowing how to speak life to your sons, knowing how to speak life to those that now would one day have to be responsible for families and communities and states and, and, and different, you know, things that are going on around them, that the call of God will begin to pull them out of where they are into places to where they would say, this is too much. How do we give them a foundation? Sometimes it's the women of God. Sometimes it's, <laughs> I'm going to tell you the truth, it was, it was my wife a lot of times that would come and speak to me and tell me, tell me certain things. And, and, and it wasn't always like that. My wife had a sharp mouth at first. You know, we tell the truth. We tell the truth, right? Uh, she had a sharp mouth. But through, through her process, God began to teach her how to help to build me up, how to help to push me, how to help to put that responsibility back on me so I can answer the call. Amen? <laughs> you know? So she wouldn't be so frustrated. Amen? But it, 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 we see here, and we're picking up here, he is turning the tide to see. And for some of you, you know, men, you know, there's some things that you you see it, but you're not talking about it. Yeah, I come to talk to you this morning. You're not talking about it. 
you see it, but you're not talking about it. Yeah. You see that there's certain things that need to be done, but you're not, you're not really, you know, you're trying to get yourself set to do it. You know, you see the call, you see that God's presence is close. You see, you, you, you sense that there is a shift that needs to happen, but you're like, ah, I just don't know if I can shift to that particular place. I don't know if I can, you know, really be that particular person. I don't even know what this is yet. I just know God is trying to get close to me. And I don't even know this manifestation of who God is. Amen. I'm getting ahead of myself. Amen. Amen. So when the when the man and the man of God collide, because even though he's a man of God, which we don't see that he's becoming a man of God, we see the beginnings of him now becoming this man of God. When these two collide, we're gonna gonna go through <laughs> the different things. That, that, that men have to face, you know? We're gonna go through the different things that we see Moses, we're just gonna do a little small character study. Y'all can be patient with me this morning, amen? So we see the call, he turns aside, he takes off his shoes, and now God and him begin to have a conversation. And they begin to have this conversation and God begins to now call him into to let him know, this is what I want you to do. Let's drop down to verse 11. Like I said, we're going to be skipping around a lot. I'm going to fill in some of the blanks, if that's okay. Amen? So in verse 11, and it says that, uh, and Moses said unto God, who am I that I should go into Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? You know, and that's one of the first, this is the first question that he begins to ask God. God, why are you coming to me? What makes me important enough to do this? Yeah, 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 yeah. That, those are the things that sometimes we, we, we begin to see, we begin to look at ourselves and say, you know, I'm not that important. There's nothing great about me. And sometimes that's where the frustration comes in because now as a man, you are expected you know, just as a man, we're not even talking about as a man of God, you expected to have a certain level of strength, a certain level of know-how, just a certain level of, uh, you know, consistency and dependability and all that kind of stuff, because it, it, it has been intrinsically put in women and put in children to now depend on the man that is there. It is, it is there, you know, you can't get around it. It's something that God put, he, he set the system of the family up. He set the system of society up. So now he began to call men into their places, right? But sometimes, uh, you know, that man, we don't understand sometimes. And that's what I want to give you a little light into the mindset of a man that even that young boy that you're dealing with, that young boy, you know, even that teenager that you're dealing with that is becoming a man, that's trying to figure out manhood, that's trying to figure out, not, not even trying to think about, oh, a man to God, man, I'm just trying to figure out what is it to be a man? What, how do I even, you know, take on all this responsibility and work and take care of folks and direct folks and, and all this other and have answers and all this other stuff, you know, it, it, you know, I'm trying to figure this out. I don't really know what I'm doing. And in the midst of that, sometimes the expectations, it makes us question ourselves and say, who am I to be able to do that? 
Why, why, why do you want me to do it? And it comes up a lot of times as, uh, uh, you know, rebellion or it seems like, you know, the person is stubborn or, the, you know, the young, the young child is stubborn or, the, uh, you know, the, the man is being stubborn. But what it is, is he don't know who he is. Well, sometimes we don't know who we are. We're like, I'm not the person for, to, for you to choose to do this. You need to go to somebody else. Who am I? I'm not, I'm not important enough. I'm not, I'm, I, I don't have enough value. I don't have enough skills. I'm not smart enough. I don't look good enough. I don't know the right people. I've been struggling my whole life. Uh, my daddy's struggling, I'm gonna struggle. Uh, you know, who am I? And this is the family I come from. Who am I to come up out of the family and not do something that is grandeur? Who am I to think that I can do something bigger than me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who am I to think that I can do that? You that you're going to use me to do something that is impossible to do by myself? That's impossible for any man to do. That's impossible for any other man that I think will do that. Because I know, I know, Pharaoh, you're trying to get me killed. You're trying to set me up. To, you know, to lose my life. You got to think, Moses is like, I know who you sending me to. Who am I to come before this important individual? But I just want to tell you, man, that sometimes you, there is a favor on some of y'all's lives that you don't even understand. Some of you, you do, but you have not fully tapped into, you know, and some of that favor comes from the woman that you with, but some of that favor just comes from because God has called you. You know, and, and we see that and sometimes you can track it through your life. You know, people used to give me money when I was young. They would just say, oh, you, they just wanted to give me stuff. Give me and my brother stuff. It was a favor on our life. It was a favor. And the small things, the small things, the small signs, you got to watch how people respond to your children, how people respond to your sons, your daughters. You got to watch what, what, what comes out of them, what is being brought out of them to just do for your child because of that favor that is on your on their lives because of that favor that is on your family we question who we are because we don't know who am i i'm not important enough come on you ought to tell your man your son your your uncle you ought to tell your granddaddy your daddy you are important enough tell 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 whoever man is on your brother you are important enough you are important enough to do this yeah who are you you're the one that god has chosen you know come on tell them that come on who are you you're the one that god has chosen you're the one that god has chosen to do this the dreams that are in your heart you're the one that god has chosen to bring those dreams to to fruition to reality amen Speak to him. Speak to him. Speak to him. Because it, 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 sometimes we don't understand. If, it, it, sometimes a man just a lot of times just trying to make it through from day to day, trying to hold stuff together. But there's certain words that, that sometimes we need to hear that begin to make us come up to another level. So, you know what? Yes, I can do this. Yes, I can. Yes, I can do this. Yes, I can. You know, they, they depending on me. I have to do this. You know, you important enough. I want to let you know that this morning. Let's go down to verse 14. Amen. We're looking through the different stages <laughs> as he began to say, you know what, God, I, I don't have, you know, I got a lot of questions. So then, you know, as, as, as God begins to speak to him some more, and so, so he begins to ask God, okay, God, if I'm going to go, uh, 
who who am I going to say sent me? And he said, I am that I am. God said unto Moses, I am that I am. He said, thus shalt thou say to the children of Israel, I am have sent me unto you, right? So sometimes we feel like we don't know enough to be affected for what God has called us to do. Because as a man, there's so many things sometimes that we feel like that I just don't, I, you know, I wasn't taught that. And, you know, that's not, that's not one of my strengths. And, you know, I, that's just not me and, and stuff like that. Or even, you know, I don't know that much about God, you know, but I want you to think about this. I begin to look at this. I said, you know, he went on, it's almost like he got converted and got sent to do something immediately. He didn't know God. He didn't know God. If we really look at this, Moses was a new convert. <laughs> he was a new convert. He, in a sense, he just got saved. He just met the Lord because <laughs> he did. I mean, he literally did meet the Lord. <laughs> he just met the Lord. It, 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 he didn't say, well, I got to wait, you know, 50 years and I got to wait till I know this and I know that. No, it's the time is now. Come on, you ought to tell somebody now, right? right now, right now. You ought to tell that man and that woman around you, the time is now. What are you waiting on? The time is now. God's call is now, not later. What are you waiting on? It's time to get busy about it now, not later. Amen? The time is now. He said, you know, who, who, who am I going to say sent me? Who? Who? I don't even know you. Right now, you're a burning bush. That's not being consumed. And I'm talking to vegetation that's on fire. I don't really know you, you know, but there was something in him that he knew in a sense who he was talking to. He knew that this was not a person, one thing, uh, but he knew that this was divine. He knew that this was something that was different. And for sometimes men, we come to those places where we begin to encounter God. And our manhood comes and he and God begins to say, now, now I've revealed myself to you. Go and do what I'm telling you to do. We still struggle. Because we say, well, God, I don't know enough. Why is it that we want to know so much? It's because we are fearful. To say, well, I just want to be prepared a little more and I want to make sure all these things are in place because I want security. But God sometimes, he doesn't want us to be secure. Yeah, I said it. God sometimes does not want us to be secure, meaning in our own knowledge, in our own self, in our own abilities. He puts us in situations the way you're not secure in what you know how to do. That's why the woman keep on asking you questions you don't have answers to. That's why the woman in your life a lot of times keeps on challenging you. That's why your mother keeps on challenging you. That's why your father keeps on challenging you and you teenagers, you young men, you little boys, you know, uh, grown men. You know, that's why your grandma keeps on asking you when you going to do this and have you talk to the family and will you stand up for this and will you do this? It's because, you know, it's a challenge to come up to another level that you feel like that you're not prepared for, but you really are and you're not going to be prepared until you just do it. You don't understand preparation has already been there. Preparation is in you. 
And some of the preparation is to step into a situation and be forced to figure it out. Be forced to not come up outside of yourself and begin to ask questions and, and, and begin to say, you know what? Yeah, I don't know how to do this. Let me now have to get some help. Let me now have to come out of my pride. Let me now have to come out of this, 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 this island that I sit on and, you know, where I don't really reach out to people and stuff like, oh, yeah, I'm talking about myself too. I'm talking about myself. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, yeah, I reach out some, but, yo, God be on me, on me, on me. I need to reach out more. So I've been trying to hit up a few more people. I've been trying to talk to a few more people. Why? Because I need to come out of myself more. I need to give of myself more, more than I want to. Come on, let's just be honest. I'm gonna be honest if you don't, but I, I, it's more than I want to. It's more than I want to come out of myself. I don't want. I don't want to have to come out of myself this much. I want to have to be this selfless, right? But sometimes it's not that we trying to that you got to figure out everything before you do. Some things you just need to go do. Have action. This is what God said, go do it. Not saying there's no preparation, but let's look at the preparation of Moses, though. There wasn't much. And I'm not saying because, uh, you know, the word, we have to go two or three weeks back. God has speak to us preparation. So I do not want to, and I dare not to downplay that. Preparation is important right now. Essential right now. That is something that we have to do. But there are some things that God has already said, okay, you, these are certain steps need to take place now. That, you know, that's a part of the preparation. This is a part of doing those things, right? Face, face the insecurities that you have. Face these things that you're dealing with on the inside. Stuff that you're not good at. There's a lot of things I'm not good at. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Oh, there's a lot of things I'm not good at. I had a fight just the other day. I got up the other day and, and I just said, God, I just feel like I'm failing with everything. The stuff just ain't coming together. Stuff just, God, you know, I feel like I'm trying and stuff is just not coming together. Stuff just not working anywhere. But it wasn't that stuff was just falling apart. It's just, uh, it was just a feeling that I had to fight through within myself because I felt like I was not doing well with my life, with the decisions that I was making, with things that I'm, that I'm trying to do, pressing to do, trying to be better about I'm like, God, I'm still coming up short. God, please help me. God, you know, God, maybe I should just quit. Maybe I should just, and you fight through in your mind. I said, this, this is what men sometimes don't talk about. You know, this is why, this is why you got to get on the phone with another man. Cause sometimes we don't talk about these inner battles on the inside, but we're thinking about, man, you know, I really, I should probably just give up on this and I shouldn't really try this anymore because I'm not good at it. And I really feel embarrassed trying and I really feel embarrassed even trying to ask people for help or even trying to, trying to figure stuff out and stuff like that. And, and you know, it breaks my ego and I really don't like it. And, you know, I, I just want to do stuff that I'm good at and I feel comfortable doing because, because to do stuff that I'm not good at is just too hard. It's too difficult because it, it, it challenges me. It makes me feel uh, like I'm slow or like I'm stupid or, or you know, like I, you know, I feel embarrassed. Or I feel shame because maybe I feel like I should know this, but I don't know this. And maybe I feel like, I, you know, people looking at you like, well, why you don't know? You don't know how to do that. And, even that, and that's why you know sometimes men get a little snappy 
when we, you know, they, when you begin to ask them certain questions, because they feel embarrassed. You know, let's just tell the truth. I know you. I know. That, I know, man. You ain't gonna tell that woman the truth. I know. I know you ain't gonna tell your boss the truth. But it's true. The truth is, I'm snapping because I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed that I don't know this. I'm embarrassed that I don't have the answer. I, I feel shame. Or I feel underprepared. I, I, you know, I feel like maybe I'm somehow you you challenging my man, or you challenging who I am because now you ask me something. And now the look on your face after I don't have an answer, it, 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 it makes me feel like you're insulting me, like I don't have it. I'm embarrassed when I don't have the answer. I, I don't like it when I don't know what to do. I don't. It, it makes me feel uncomfortable. It makes me feel like a failure. So I just rather avoid it. I just avoid it. Uh, that's why men avoid conversation. Uh, it's not that they don't want to talk because if you talk to a man about the thing that they want to talk about, they will talk to you all day. But if you don't, if you in certain conversation, oh, we don't. I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to talk about that. So I'll avoid that. So I'll stay quiet. I'll stay quiet about that. We won't even talk about that. As soon as you bring that up, so muscles get tight, perspiration on the brow. <laughs> Back start hurting. Folks got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Trying to break up the conversation. <clears throat> Why? Because I'm, af I'm, I'm afraid. I'm trying. I'm afraid that I don't have no answers. I'm afraid that I'm going to be looked at as a failure again because I'm really struggling. That maybe that's who I am. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm really struggling that maybe that is, that maybe I will not ever do it. Come on, man, you ought to tell somebody the truth. And I'm going to talk to you women, too. You know, there's some places sometimes in our lives that sometimes we have kind of bought in just a little bit to the devil that we say, you know what, maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe I can't do that. Maybe I never will. Maybe you're right. Maybe, maybe I was mistaken. Maybe it's just not right now. Maybe it's for somebody else to do. And we struggle mentally. Can I do this? Can I do this? Because this is what, to my being a man of God, can I do this? Can I, can I, can I, can I really be a man of God? Can I, can I have people depend on me to that extent? Can I live right like that? When I know my flesh is out of control, when I know I like looking at butts and boobs and, and all that kind of stuff, and I know, you know, things just kind of pulling on me, and I know how mischievous my mind is, and I know how angry in my heart I am, and I know these different things. Can I be a man of God? Come on, let's go to, uh, let's go to Exodus chapter four, because I still got a few places to go. Amen. We're going to go to verse one. Saying Moses answered and said, but behold, they will not believe me. So he's still talking to the Lord. They're having a conversation. So nor will, nor hearken to my voice for they will say the Lord have not appeared unto thee. It's the opinion of other men, other people, other people in our lives that makes us back up because what we fear they're going to say they haven't even said it yet 
we don't try things because of what we feel like other people are going to say or not say. They may say it with their body language or they may say it with their, their facial expression. They may say it with, you know, we feel like they're going to say it when they get off the phone or when they come outside of that um, conversation that you just had with them. That they're going to question like, well, who are you? God, God ain't calling you. God ain't. Because we don't, what we're really fearful of is not just their opinion, is that we will not be able to stand against their opinion. If someone did say God didn't appear to you, does he not have real proof already? Can, can, can another person make what is happening right now not happen? No. But we are afraid, afraid that people will begin to say things because they fit that, that judgment upon us. We don't, that's why we don't want to get into deep conversations. That's why we don't like talking about stuff because, you know, did God really say that to you? <laughs> oh, I know there's some men, there's some men, there's some men this morning that really despise that question. You despise that question. Yes, you despise it because it, 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 that question is not that, you know, it, it, it speaks distrust to you. It speaks that, you know, you're not reliable. It speaks that, you know, you've not been who you're supposed to be. It really speaks all of that. It's not so much that you just upset that maybe God needs to speak to you. It, it, that's not the fact of the matter. The fact of the matter is I'm upset that you always have to ask me because you really don't trust me. You don't trust that I have us, our best, you know, interests at heart. You don't trust my judgment. You don't trust what's going on. But you don't trust that I even been before the Lord. You don't trust that I have prayed because, let's be honest, some of us we have given people not, we given them evidence to not trust it. These are just things that we doing. We ain't prayed about it. We ain't did anything. You know, we haven't talked to anybody. We haven't gotten any counsel, gotten any wisdom, anything like so. Yeah, 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 yeah. To to have to expose that and say no. Well, maybe God didn't talk to me about that. No, I, you know, this is just something that I wanted to do. This is just something I feel like that I'm really just trying to make a decision so you can get off my back. Oh, my God. I'm just trying to give you an answer so you can shut up, my God. You know, come on, let's just be honest, man. Sometimes we just throwing stuff out there, and then this is what creates this cycle of distrust, this cycle of, you know, hey, you just, this is not valuable to you. This is not important enough to you to, for you to be able to get before the Lord and Find out what's going on, what direction we going to take. Amen? Yeah, 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 yeah. But we're afraid that even when you do get before the Lord and you do get that opinion that's not going to come, it's an opinion that the person has about you, that you're not a person of prayer. That's, that's an opinion that the person has about you, that you're not reliable. It's an opinion that they have about you. And unfortunately for some of us, uh, sometimes that opinion has been true. Oh, uh, you know, there can be an opinion that my wife can say, well, honey, sometimes you, 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 know, you get a little you know, scattered, you know. Uh, sometimes it's not just opinion. Come on, these are sometimes these are facts, right? I am a little disorganized sometimes. You know, I am a little all over the place because I, uh, you know, I like doing a lot of stuff, right? Yeah, I like being a little busy about certain things, right? Uh, you know, so I'm a little scattered sometimes. So sometimes I have to allow her to to bring, you know, begin to rein me back in. And sometimes I have to get, you know, help from the Lord to say, okay, you know, well, what am I doing here? You know, uh, what is happening in my life? You know, uh, you know. On a certain, where does my focus need to be right now? 
and come back and refocus and apologize and come back and say, you know, I haven't done what I'm supposed to do and come back and say, you know what, even though this is the third time I'm apologizing, the fifth time I'm apologizing, maybe the 18th time I'm apologizing, I'm letting you know that I'm trying to work on it. Amen. But we get afraid of the opinion of men that people would not believe. They won't believe me. They won't believe that you spoke to me. They won't believe that 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 God want to do this to me. Why? Because look at look at look at Moses. I'm an orphan and a murderer. Just think about it. I know Moses is one of the greatest prophets in the Bible. And one thing I love about the Bible is they don't cover up the mess. They don't cover up the stuff that you do wrong. He, he, him trying to struggle through and just do what he was doing and, and them trying to keep him alive make, it caused him to be detached from his family. Now, he was an orphan, <clears throat> adopted on a good side of the tracks financially, but the wrong side of the tracks as far as Jesus, as far as God. He was an orphan, and then he became a murderer, now a fugitive on the run. In an interracial marriage. <laughs> this man had all sorts of stuff going on, you know? He had a lot of stuff going on. You know, but but through all of this, through all of this, God is saying, look, he because he, he keeps on giving God reasons why it can't be me. I can't do that. Man, what is your limitation? that keeps you from looking at yourself as the man of God that God sees you to be? What limitations have you put on yourself? Because one thing I learned about God, God would take every limitation and shatter it. He will put you in situations that, that, that causes you to have to come outside of the norm of the person of who you are so he can get more dependence on him. This is why he didn't give Moses time to say, okay, now let's spend a couple of months together so you know me, so you feel confident. <laughs> he said, no, I'm calling you, go. This is my purpose for you, go. I will, I will be with you. I will be there to protect you. I will, I will be the one to strengthen you. I will be the one that's, that you're representing. you representing me. If you would just go, some things, just do it. Don't get mad at that woman, the mama, the grandma, you know what I'm saying, your aunt, your, uh, <coughs> your sister, whoever it is. They keep on asking you, just, 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 just let them keep on asking until you get it done. Why? Because maybe, maybe I'm a procrastinator. <laughs> maybe some things I just won't do. Maybe some things I'll just keep on putting off and putting off and putting off. Because I'm trying to settle myself. No, God just wants you to go ahead and move. Just do it. Get, get, get moving, doing it so you can go through the process on the inside of the deliverance that this is going to take for you to get it done. Some things he don't deliver you first and then you do it. Now, you've already gone through a process to get to this point to now become the man of God that you need to be. There's something you just got to do. There's some commitments you just got to take. You just got to do. 
you got to follow through on. Amen. So let's go to verse 10. Uh, this is a big one. I hope I don't spend too much time on this. And Moses said unto the Lord, oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. He, he, he's saying, look, I cannot speak well. Some scholars say, you know, they think that he had a stuttering, that maybe he stuttered. You know, maybe, you know, it's, it's kind of not, I don't really think that he was in Egypt and did not get educated. I think he was well, well versed in different things, right? But so he was smart, but he couldn't get it out of his mouth. Oh, my God. Uh, I know, I know there's some men that can relate. You feel like, oh, the people around you, oh, you think that, oh, everybody think they're smarter than me. It's not that you're not smart. Yeah, you're smart, but you don't know how to get it out your mouth. You don't know how to get it out your mouth. You don't know how to communicate. You're slow of speech. It's encumbered. It's, it's, it's labor. And when you get into the conversation because of all the insecurities on the inside and the fears that you deal with, and, and sometimes just the words, and they just don't come because you feel like I'm going to say the wrong thing, and I, maybe I'm just not going to you know, say the right thing, and I don't know what words to say, and I don't have no big words to say, and I don't know how to get this out, and I don't know how to... I'm slow of speech. I don't want to talk. That I'm trying to speak, and then when I'm trying to speak, well, what I'm saying is not being understood. I hate not being understood. Oh my God, I know that's everybody. We're going man, woman, and child, you know. Now, you know, you could be talking to your mama and your daddy, and they, and they can barely let you get the words out your mouth. And or what you say, or what that mean, or what this mean, and, and got you all over the place, and you trying to get the words out your mouth and explain yourself, and, and, and right at that place, they're like, man, I can't get it together. I can't get it together. So we use this excuse. God, you can't use me because I can't even talk. You can't use me because I can't talk. I don't talk good enough. So many people would not. And God, as my witness and my wife and apostle and those that knew me when I first got here, I didn't used to talk like this. I didn't used to talk like that. No, my wife used to tell, ask me, she used to have to ask me how I felt about stuff. And she used to ask me, well, how did that make you feel? I felt like I was talking to a psychologist, to a counselor. But she wanted to, and I was like, why do you want to know how I feel? Like, what, what, is, the, what is the point of this? Right, and how I feel is that doesn't really matter. We deal with that later or, 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 or never, because it doesn't really matter. But she would want to know, how, how does that make you feel? Uh, are you upset? And will you talk to me? And, you know, anybody know my wife, you know, she can be kind of relentless when she really wants something. <clears throat> um, so she'll stay on. <laughs> she'll stay on. Just like some of the women of God, you know, you, you know, to look at that, you know, to just, just wink your eye at your wife. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. The women of God stay on you like could gracious, white on rice, like, my God, back up. 
<laughs> oh my God, I feel like I got you on my back. Like walking like Igor, because I'm trying to get myself together. Like I'm just trying to get you off of me, right? Because you, you want to answer, you want this, and we want conversation. You gotta talk about this, talk about that. Oh my God. <laughs> and all this conversation when I don't know how to talk makes me afraid. It makes me upset. I feel frustrated because you force me to talk when I'm not ready to talk. I haven't fully thought out all, all of what I need to think, think out. You know what I'm saying? But now, you know, I had learned over the years. Oh, we just gonna talk. But one thing is, I I really got to talk. And now I understand. I got to talk. I got to talk. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you how I feel. One thing is so I don't punch no hole in the wall. Another thing is so I don't cheat. Another thing is so I don't get a divorce because I, I I'm invested in the relationship. I'm trying to stay together. So I, I you know I'm gonna have to tell you how I feel whether you like it or not. Because one thing is I want you to love me, and for you to love me, you're gonna have to put up with me just like I put up with you. Down to my children. Now tell them how I feel too. <laughs> so now now I feel like I'm feeling too much. <laughs> yeah, I tell look, this is how this when you did this, this is how it made me feel. I don't like that. And I don't like feeling like that. I don't like that. I don't like that, you know. Yeah. Why? Because it keeps me clear to be able to express. Right? I'm still working on that. I definitely I'm still not. I'm, I'm that's something I'm always working on. Always working on. I got to Hey, you made me upset. Hey, this is what's going on. This is what I don't like. I try to say it in ways that I can, you know, because I know who I'm talking to. So I try to speak in ways that, you know, are best for who I'm talking to. But he was giving God excuse after excuse after excuse. This is why you can't, I can't be the man of God and I can't be your man, God. I can't be the man you're choosing because the man you choose is going to have to speak. And I can't speak like that. The man you choosing, you're telling me I'm going to be well known and I'm going to be in situations where I'm just going to have to just, I mean, just come up with stuff on the spot and answer questions that I wasn't ready for and, and, and being able to maneuver in conversations and stuff like that. Not that I feel like I'm slow. It's just that when I get caught off guard, I don't always know what to say. When I get asked questions that I wasn't ready for, sometimes I, I have I need a little longer to be able to answer this question, and I don't know how to put how to how to put it on hold and come back to it. I don't know how to get out of that question in a sense and still handle the question at the same time. I don't know how to do that. But you ought to tell each other, tell everybody in the house, tell somebody. <laughs> You will speak well. It's okay. You will speak well. God is still going to use you. No matter how difficult you, you know, it is for you to express yourself or how easy it is to express yourself, God is still going to use you. Amen? Let's go to Numbers chapter 11. And <clears throat> we're going to go to verses 14 through 17. Amen? Uh, and now we're, we're picking up a different place in Moses' life. We're picking up a different place in Moses' life where it says, uh, we're just going to read it. So I'm not able to bear this, all this people alone because it's too heavy for me. 
right? And, and, and if thou deal thus with me, kill me, I pray thee, out of, out of hand, if I have found favor in thy sight, let me not see my wretchedness. And the Lord said unto Moses, Gather unto me seventy men of the elders of Israel, whom thou knowest to be the elders of, of the people and officers over them, and bring them unto the tabernacle of the congregation, that they may stand there with thee. Verse 17, And I will come down and talk with thee there, and I will take of the spirit which is upon thee, and I will put it upon them, and they shall bear the burden of the people with thee, that thou bear it not thyself alone. <clears throat> One of the main things being a man of God and understanding my manhood, because now, you know, this, this man, Moses, is leading millions. And he's having to have answers for millions. <laughs> I, you know, it's amazing. Amazing. No God had 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 to have his hand on him very heavy. So he would be judging between situations because you know, whenever you got people in the Bible don't really talk about this in, you know, just specifics. It kind of gives you windows into different instances or different situations, right? Important things that we need to learn, right? But the day-to-day -day life of people, when you've got that many people around, folks are not going to get along. People are going to be upset. Oh, you planted your corn two feet, or, you know, into my, into my little spot, right? Uh, you know, my child need to wash for your child need to wash. I don't want my child washing in the lake at the same time your child. <laughs> you know, I mean, it sounds trivial, but these are things that God began to bring structure and order to that lifestyle, even, you know, to the book of Leviticus and all these different things. And he began to bring uh, a different culture to them so they would live as a people sanctified unto him. But still, with the, with having rules, there was still conflict. And being the man of God that we supposed to be, or being the men that we are growing up to be, uh, there are certain things people are going to come to us to resolve issues. And it is a burden. It is something that we bear. And, 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 and being that foundation that, you know, people can come and rely upon, be consistent, you're, you're consistent, they can stand upon you and find support, um, they can find peace, and, and when they don't know what to do, you're a sounding board, you, you're able to direct them in the right area, it brings a lot of pressure. So this is where the man, we see the man Moses coming out. Even though he spent 40 days, 40 nights with God, and you know, he's he's been under the presence of the Lord, and you know, he he talks cheek to cheek with God, face to face, and you know, he's the meekest man on the earth. He's still like, look, God, kill me, because this is too much. And though, you know, you may be a man, you say, look, it it may not be suicide you're dealing with. It may be, it may be. And if I don't want to downplay it if it is. Right. And you may be saying, God, I don't I'm struggling to want to live because of the pressure that's on me. I just want relief from the pressure. I want relief from people asking me so many different things, you know, because when people and we live in such a society where the phones give such access to us. 
right, to all of us. It, it gives us access to phones, the emails, the businesses, the, the, you know, whatever it is that we're doing. You know, back in the day, if you wasn't at home, you couldn't be reached. People had to wait till you got home. Now you can be in another country and you can still be reached. It's almost like there's no escape from unless you purposely begin to cut things off. <clears throat> there's no escape from people reaching you. And when people can reach you and reach and, and, and they have questions and they have expectations and they have wishes that they and they have a request and they have all these different things. And this is just what's going on in their mind. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life, you know, because these different things are coming at you. So sometimes as a man, God begin to process you through even your, in your career by you taking on more leadership roles. And, and as you take on more leadership roles, it teaches you how to take on the pressure of, of people, uh, uh, you know, really, you know, uh, depending upon you. And then you learn how to be a better leader at home, how to be a better leader, you know, as, as far as people that are, that, that are depending on you to be able to direct them. But you got to be real about the pressure. You got to be real about the weight of this leadership and not run from it. But in this passage of scripture, if you read through it, read back through it later, because I still got a couple of more passages of scripture to go. And I don't want to hold you guys too long. Amen. Uh, when you read through it, we see that God is saying, look, <clears throat> he's saying, look, I, I'm not, I didn't call you into this so you would die or not want to do it. But what I can do is give you a system to be able to relieve some of this pressure, but it's going to mean that you're going to have to depend on other people. <laughs> you're going to have to depend on them to do what they're doing uh, to handle some of the things that you were handling before, because if you don't depend on them, then you're going to always, everything's going to flow through you, and then you're going to be frustrated and mad at the people that you could be depending on bitter at the people that you could be depending on instead of letting them mess up. Let them go ahead and do what they need to do. Let them go ahead and learn. Give them, give it to them. If they don't do it right, okay, now bring it to me. Let me teach you how to do this. Now, now you do it this way now, this time. You judge it this way, this time. And, what, and it was giving them instructions to say, if y'all cannot already, you know, uh, judge the situation, then bring it to me. So now I have a filter. For, for some of us as men of God, your manhood has to be balanced by other men. Yes, it is wonderful for the woman in your life to speak to you, but your manhood has to be balanced by other men to be able to relieve some of the pressure of manhood because she does not understand what it is to be a man. She does not understand how it is to have those expectations and that you really deep down in your heart want the best for everything, but you really just don't know how to do it. You really just don't know how to come up to that level. You don't know how to break the flesh and break the mindset and break all the stuff that you're fighting on the inside of yourself, but you really want to do it though. And that's what's frustrating because now you're being accused in a sense. You feel like you're being accused, attacked that you don't care, accused and attacked that you don't want this, but you really do, but you don't want it enough to reach out to get it. To reach out to actually say, you know what, help me. Now, let me depend on some people with, with, so I can get a little relief from 
this the, the, the humanity that I'm dealing with. That's the wonderful thing about the body of Christ, whether you're man, woman, or child. You have a place to be able to say, you know what? Not only do we understand the anointing, but we understand humanity. Hey, we struggle. We struggle. We struggle. And so we, we fight through different things. We don't always do what's right. We, we, you know what I'm saying? And we want to. It, it may be a mindset to do it. It may be, a, a, you know, I really want to do this, but I, I, I struggle. I struggle with my sin. I struggle with the things that, 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 that attack me. I struggle with the things that I like. I struggle with the things that I don't like. I struggle. But I, at least I can go and reach out and talk to somebody and say, man, <sighs> this is what's going on with me. And, and, and just sometimes, even if they don't understand from experience, just having a listening ear can help me get to another place, can help me get past this place where I'm, I'm feeling like, hey, this is too much. This is too much. God had to teach him to say, hey, look, put this, this weight that you're carrying distributed. You're not meant to carry it all. But the man and the ego gets in the way by saying, oh, I'm going to do everything. I'm not going to ask for any help. We don't look at it as ego. We look at it as, you know, I'm just trying to get it done. I'm just trying to be successful. It was never meant for us to be successful alone. Otherwise, if we go back to Genesis, why did God ever give him Eve? It wasn't just to have children. It was so she could be a help meet, meaning we needed help. We still need the help of the other men in our lives. He had to depend on other men, other elders, other people who were kind of have showed themselves to be dependable. Right? Amen. Come on. Let's go to Numbers chapter 12. I got this passage, one more passage of scripture, and then I'll let you guys go. Amen. <clears throat> We're going to go to Numbers chapter 12. And hmm, let's just read it. Okay. So, and, and Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Ethiopian, Ethiopian woman whom he had married, for he had married an Ethiopian woman. Amen. And they said, Have the Lord indeed spoke only by Moses? Have he not spoken only also by us? And the Lord heard it. Now the man, uh, Moses, was very meek above all men, above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. And the Lord spake suddenly unto Moses and said unto Aaron, and unto Aaron and unto Miriam, Come ye, come out ye three out of the, out of unto the tabernacle of the congregation. And they three came out. And the Lord came down in the pillar of the cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam, and they both came forth. And he said, hear now my words. If there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him in a vision, and I will speak to him in a dream. My servant Moses is not so, who is faithful in all my house. With him will I speak mouth to mouth even apparently, and not in dark speeches and the similitude of the Lord, 
shall he behold? Wherefore then were ye not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? And, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against them. He departed and the cloud departed from off the, uh, from off the tabernacle and behold, Miriam became leprous, white as snow. And Aaron looked upon Miriam and behold, she was leprous. So really what we're looking at here is, because when we're talking about as a man and all this, this, this mashup, when we're just not talking about just the call of God, when we're not just talking about just brotherhood, but we're also talking about family. Because now, when you're talking about that, that opinion of man now is coming up, you know, it's a little bit heavier when it comes from your family, right? These, these were his family. No, this was his, his brother and sister, right? These were, they, they were coming against him on the side, kind of talking about him, you know, as apostles used to say, uh, you know, taking his name to and 10, they're talking about him to, to and 10, you know what I'm saying? Just, just really just, you know, saying, hey, he ain't that great. He think he real good, but God speaks to us too. And God use us too. And, and, and sometimes when you begin to rise up and begin to you know, really become and begin to start walking out that who you're supposed to be, the question comes from your family, who do you think you are? Now it's not you questioning you, who am I? Now it's other people not questioning you. Who do you think you are? And a lot of times it's the family who come and say, well, oh, now you, now you still feel like you know God a little bit now, and now you're in the scripture. You remember, I'm the one who took you to church. I'm the one who, and, and bring all these different things back, because now, now God is beginning to surpass you, or, or bring you past where they were, so now you, they really supposed to be kind of following you, because he was the one leading them. It was not upon them. It was upon him, and God had to come down and make these things clear, and I just want to encourage you that don't let the opinion of family hold you back. Don't let the opinion of family, when God, when you know that that thing has settled on the inside of you, because now you're trying to be a good brother, and you're trying to be a good son, and you're trying to be a good grandson, and you're trying to be a good, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, a, a good uh, uh, aunt, or, I mean, not a good aunt, but a good uncle, and all these different things, and you, you're, you're up, you know, just wondering about, hey, what are they going to think if I really start changing? If I start saying, well, you know, I don't talk like that no more. Well, I don't really, you know, I don't really deal with, you know, that kind of speech anymore. You know, you know, I can't, I can't be going out just lusting with you no more, man. You know, I can't do that. You know, I'm married, man. I've been married like 10 years. So, you know, that's old, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and those things and people, and sometimes when it's your family and then they feel like they know you and they feel like, well, you know, how you feel like you're going to be better than us. It's not me trying to be better. I'm just trying to be a better person. It's not a better than you. It's a better person. It's not being better than you. It's a better person. I'm just trying to be a better me. I'm trying to submit myself to the Lord. But with that, sometimes the family will begin to rise up and say, well, you know, I, I, hey, I believe God too. I walk with God too. I know God too. I know the scriptures too. I know this too. Yeah, that's fine. Do what you know. I do what I know. You know, we can talk about it, but with the, it's not a competition. And that's what they begin to make this into, a competition. So God had to come down and deal with them. And sometimes you have to leave certain battles into the hands of God. Sometimes it, it could be about it, because sometimes you know when people in your family can talk about you, because people kind of hang around it. 
they'll kind of say certain little things, sly comments and stuff like that. And it's not really enough that you can jump on because you don't really have evidence, right? But you know, you know on the inside of yourself, like, mm, you know, and then somebody has just come out and said on in front of everybody, you know, it's the holidays. And, you know, some folks, you know, they, they're going to get together and stuff like that. And these are some of the times when people would try to call out folks in the family. Oh, you married now, you know, and now you feel like you know Jesus. Now you feel like you know this. And, you know, now you, oh, you trying to, you know, because, you know, the call of God is not just in the church, but that that which is connected to the church could be those things that you do out in the world. So now you're all oh, you married now, and now you this and you that, or you know, now you oh you trying to start a business now, you trying to do this, you trying. To... Why can't it just be? You know, it is what it is. Why can't you come with some encouragement? Why can't you just just tell the truth that you want to ask me what I'm doing? You want to ask me how am I doing this? You want to ask me maybe how uh, how you can get started doing this? Don't don't because unfortunately, you know, it, it, it's a crab in the bucket type mentality that wants to pull people down because coming out from from the family sometimes makes you begin to stand out. But you always stood out. God calls you out from the womb. God just used them to take care of you. <laughs> God just used them to take care of you and to love on you, but you never were supposed to be fully how they were. Never. It was never your purpose to be that way. You were never supposed to fit into the mold of what your family was. You was always called to change that mold. So and, and, and though they, God was talking to them, God had to come and bring signification like, no, yeah, I talked to you, um, but I don't talk to you the same way I talk to him. We have a different relationship. And that's some of the things sometimes we have to look at, even as men of God. Some people got different relationships with God. You got to go and be able to respect that, not only respect that, but learn from it, but not downplay it. Not trying to say, well, well we're on the same level. Well, we're not. We're not on the same level. They were not on the same level. And I know that can be a little, you know, oh, someone is over me or someone is, yeah, yeah, someone is over you. Someone is over me. It's called safety, cover, accountability. It's called, it's called boundary. It's called someone can tell me what to do. Just because I get grown doesn't mean I, 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 now I'm not being able to be told what to do. Amen. Amen. So let's go to the last passage of scripture. Like I said, I don't want to hold you guys. Let's go to Numbers chapter 20, uh, verses 7 through 12. Don't let family oppose you or family opposing you cause you to come down off of your stand for God. Amen. <clears throat> Numbers chapter 20, we're going to go to verse 7. Saying, the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, take the rod and gather thou assembly together, thou and Aaron thy brother, and speak ye unto the rock before thy eyes, and it shall give forth his water, and thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rock. So shalt thou give the congregation and their beasts drink. And Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him, and the and Moses. <clears throat> Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock, and he said unto them, Hear now, ye rebels, 
must we fetch you water out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand, and with the rod, he smote the rock twice, and the water came out, of, out abundantly, and the congregation drank, and their beasts also. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, because you believe me not, to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore you should not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. Look at this. He let anger get the best of him. He let anger. The anger of leadership, the anger of responsibility, the frustration of people complaining. Because they had legitimate concerns, right? To a certain extent. They wanted some water. But when you really go up to the beginning of this chapter, Miriam just died. And this is something that I never saw in this as, as I was studying. You know, sometimes when we're dealing with different things in our life, we have to be careful how we respond to now the responsibility that we have. Because the responsibility is not going to go away. And as a man, um, you know, as you're becoming a man of God, the man of God that God has called you to be, that you being a man of God doesn't stop because you're in a tough place or because you're mourning something or because something is is difficult. Sometimes we want more understanding from people that we lead that we don't suppose to get that understanding from them. We want sympathy, pity. And to a certain extent, it's not designed that way. And it's not designed that way on purpose. Some of it is because of human nature. Human nature is more concerned about themselves than they are about other people for the most part. This is why a lot of people don't like Christianity. It's difficult to come outside of, to put self aside. That is difficult. That's what makes this walk different, right? That's true death, true sacrifice, putting self aside. So he needed to put himself aside, but his anger at this congregation of people that he's continuously already to show them throughout these throughout all this time that God is going to come through for us. God has you know protected us. God has uh, you know fed us manna every day, protected us, you know, given us water. All this this is not the first time they're getting water out of a rock. It's not the first time they're crying for water, but they keep on talking about Egypt, wanting to go back, and the dissatisfaction and the ungratefulness of these people begin to get to him, to where now the man of God now is is colliding with this man. The man is starting to come out. And no matter, and though we're talking about them separate, they're not separate because they are the same, you know, to a certain extent. you dealing with the man when you deal with the man of God. You're dealing with that particular person. And there should be some understanding. But to a certain extent, we have to understand that, you know, that understanding does not alleviate responsibility. And this is what is difficult for us because God will still come back. God never said that these people got on your nerves. I'm going to get them. <laughs> God said, did you do what I told you to do? Even though you got the results 
that you that you were looking for that I promised. You got the results. You got the water. Because now, once you understand what's on your life, you understand how to get the results. You understand that something's just going to happen because of who you are. But how did you get those results? What are the words that you use? What is the method that you went by? Is it filled with anger? Is it filled with frustration? Is it filled with fear and doubt? Is it filled with these different things? We can't just say, well, I got to the end. As long as I got, as long as I got it, God does not look over the process. He knew, okay, you gave them what they wanted. You gave them what I said they could have. You gave them what they needed, but when you gave it to them, you gave it to them in the wrong spirit. You gave it to them in disobedience. You gave it to them being angry about it. You gave it to them, yeah, but I was frustrated. Oh, that's been me sometimes. We can have this conversation, but when we have this conversation, I'm going to make sure you feel some of my frustration. I'm going to make sure I say something to make sure that you don't cross no lines with me today. Because I already told you I don't want to talk. So we're we going to have this conversation. I'm not just talking about my wife. I'm talking about anybody. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we can have this conversation. But those are things because of the frustration that sometimes that ain't even got anything to do with the person that I'm talking to or that I'm dealing with. I'm frustrated because there's so much pressure on me. I'm frustrated because now something else is being asked of me. And really, I'm frustrated because I want understanding. I want you to know that I'm frustrated and leave me alone. When life doesn't, life does not stop because you're frustrated. Life doesn't stop because you're angry. Life doesn't stop. Things don't. Things still need to be done. Just be, and you being angry, being upset, being uh, you know <laughs> fearful about it or whatever. None of that. Life still is going on. So you need to learn how to now fight through this. Still do what you need to do and know how to have the proper outlets for the man or the woman. There's proper outlets for that. So now I may have the conversation, but I may say, well, bruh, I just felt like fighting. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I mean? I need the proper outlets. The outlet is not me in the midst of me trying to do or fulfill what I'm supposed to fulfill in my life is now let out all of this humanity. Not the humanity that can bring, uh, you know, <laughs> damage. Just look at what he said. Ye rebels. That's when we say, you know, you ready to come out your mouth from there. And he ain't really never, you never really hear Moses just talking to them like that. Not unless God sent him down to kill them, you know, when they had the calf and stuff like that. God sent him down to judge them. God sent him. God didn't send him to do that. This was just the man coming out. You rebels, must, must I fetch you water? You don't know how to believe God yet. I, we done been out here in this desert. We done done this. I, I got to do everything for you. Oh, oh, that's what some men feel like. I, I got I to gotta have every answer. I got to have everything. I, you can't do nothing on your own. No, she's just trying to run it past you so it don't blow up in her face like So you can't say what well, you didn't ask me. Because you know that's how some of us are. 
Leave me alone, but you better talk to me about it. Which one would you want, bro? <laughs> Which one do you want? You gonna be responsible or irresponsible? Which one you want? Which one do you want? Sometimes I want both. Let me just tell you the truth. Leave me alone and just, just make it do right so I don't have to bother it. Do it on your own. I don't want to have to plan this much, do this much, think about this this much. I don't want to have to do this much work. But it's on you. It's on us. And people are depending on us to be the men of God that we're supposed to be, not just a man. This is not a time for us just, just to be men. And I think we all can say that we are challenged, have been challenged, whether you're a man or woman or child, during this time. I'm speaking directly to the men today, but, you know, I think there's a lot of applicability in all of this for everyone. Amen. So I want to encourage you as men, don't run from the call. Because right there at your house, right here during this pandemic, right here during this election, right here during all of this other stuff, people need stability, surety. And you can't muster it up on your own. It's time for us to go to God. It's time for us to really settle in with, with, with God and say, I am going to do this. I may struggle through it. I may mess up. I may, I, may, I may not do everything right, but I'm going to make a commitment. Because isn't that what we do with everything else? You make a commitment when you go to the job, you go through training, you mess up, you might get rolled up, you might do that, but you make a commitment to keep on getting up, going to the job. You make a commitment in marriage. You make a commitment when you have a child. You make a commitment when, you, you know, when we do other things in life. But they're not commitments that we're knowingly making or we just see immediate satisfaction. This commitment is to come outside of ourselves so you can really be the man that you're supposed to be and that people around us don't suffer because we are not being the men that we're supposed to be. Things don't move slowly or things don't get stagnated. Some things have been stagnated for me. That's things that if I can be honest, and I know I'm not gonna let you guys go. Um, if I can be honest, there's things that I, I feel like are my fault. May not be, I struggle with that. You know, I feel like things don't 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 do the way they're supposed to do in my life or things that I'm responsible for. Uh, I don't feel like I've done it right all the time. And that's not something that I easily deal with. There's things that I have to really relieve myself from, you know, because I want to do everything right. I want to be a good person. I want to be a man that my wife and my children can depend on. I want to be a man that does not push them away. Uh, push people out of my life, you know. I want to be a man that brings life to other people and encouragement, stuff like that. Some days, that doesn't feel like me. Some days I feel like, you know, hey, this is when I know I'm not reaching out enough. Who's encouraging me? Who's helping me? I feel alone. I feel, you know, I feel like uh, it's, stuff is closing in on me. I feel like isolated bad place. That's when it's time to talk. And that's when I waited too long to talk, because I probably should have talked two or three weeks before then. Amen? Amen. I know uh, went over a little bit today, I hope. 
you guys got something from that. I just wanted to pick out a few different things from the story of Moses, from the character of who Moses was, such a great man of God. When you really look at him, you see his manhood rising up in different places. Um, but he still was a great man, great man, great man of God. Amen. Thank you.